Hi, this is Ronnie Grayer, and this is the Monthly Safety Podcast for July of 2010. This is episode number three. First, a little bit about me. I've been a Greyhound driver now for the past 19 years, been in the driver instructor program for the past five, and I currently drive out of Syracuse, New York. Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I'd like to welcome you, and I encourage you to listen to previous episodes. And if you don't already have that information, I'll give it to you again at the end of the podcast. So what are we talking about this month? Well, kids are out of school, weather is hot, roads are crowded, and that can only mean one thing. Well, for most of you, it means summer driving. But here in central New York State, where I live, we talk about two seasons that we have, and those are winter and construction. And since there is no snow on the ground, we're seeing lots and lots of orange barrels. So that's my little joke for the podcast. Let me move right on there. If any of you know me, you know that the humor is really bad, so I'll try and keep it moving. So what does summer driving mean to us? Well, it means increased volume on the roads. It means a large number of passengers traveling on our buses. It means the temperatures are increasing. It means there is road work and delays and detours both during the day and at night, sometimes worse in the evening. And we will run into some severe weather. When we think of adverse weather, we think of snow. But rain, hail, high winds, uh, even tornadic activity can be a problem uh, in the summer. So those are some of the things that we have to consider when we're driving in, in the summer. So how do we handle these changes? Well, we need to slow down and leave room and be prepared. We need to keep a large cushion at all times. We need to leave lots of room. We need to be patient with our passengers and with OSC. We need to minimize our stress level. And that's really important too. Sometimes we forget about that. But stress is a very powerful thing. And it can, it can affect you driving. And it can affect your overall health level. So we want to try to minimize that stress and try to manage it. You also want to watch the temperature gauge on your bus and slow down if you're going up a steep hill. You may even need to turn off the air conditioner if you see that the temperature gauge is rising and you're going up a steep grade. You also need to keep in mind, some of you may not realize, that the air conditioner in the bus can only cool about 25 degrees below the outside temperature. So when the temperatures are nearing 100 degrees, you may find that it seems relatively warm inside the coach, but the air conditioner can only do so much and it's working extra hard. We also need to make sure that we slow down and use caution in work zones. In many states now, they have passed laws that uh, say that the fines will be doubled in the work zones, uh, and this is in response to uh, increased incidents with highway workers being injured or even killed. Um, in New York State, for example, uh, the signs indicate that your license will be suspended after you receive two work zone speeding tickets, uh, and this comes from an unfortunate incident that happened just north of Binghamton, New York, where a charter bus, not one of our buses, uh, was traveling at a very high rate of speed into a construction area and came upon stop traffic and was unable to stop, caused the chain reaction collision, and several road workers were killed. And in response to that, the New York State Legislature passed legislation that uh, tried to increase the penalties for speeding in work zones. So, you know, many states uh, are increasing the penalties. They're trying to get drivers to slow down in work zones, and it's a very serious thing. So we need to make sure that we reduce our speed accordingly, at least uh, below the posted limit uh, for that area. We also need to make sure that we slow down for adverse weather. And as I mentioned before, uh, it may not be snow, but rain uh, especially can be dangerous. And many drivers make the mistake of not reducing their speed in the rain 
and this can lead to all kinds of problems. Uh, rain reduces your traction, it increases your stopping distance, and if your tires are not making good contact with the road, uh, then you have no traction at all and you have no control. And this is the kind of thing that can happen, what's commonly referred to as hydroplaning, where the driver may not even be aware that you don't have uh, a grip on the road. You may not realize this until all of a sudden you start to kind of slide a little bit. It's a very uncomfortable feeling and we don't want to have that happen. And again, I talked about hail and even high winds can be a problem. You need to reduce your speed so you have control at all times. Another thing that's very important that I'm finding a lot of drivers don't realize how serious it is, is animals on the road. Uh, we think of deer a lot in my area. In some areas you may, in New England, you may see signs that say watch for moose. I've seen that on the main turnpike. Uh, you may see uh, cows and bears in some areas. And you may just see, you know, dogs and wolves and things like that. But an animal is a serious thing, and we don't want to just hit them, if you will. I've heard drivers say, what do you do if a... I've asked the driver, what do you do if a deer runs out in front of the bus? And the response that I get is hit them. And that's not the correct response at all. What we want to do when we see an animal is to slow down as much as possible. We don't want to swerve. We don't want to lock up the wheels. We don't want to lose control. But we need to brake hard and maintain your lane and never swerve. Uh, that's really important. Um, you know, because a deer can cause a lot of damage to the bus. Uh, we had a driver uh, up my way who uh, ran into a horse uh, on the road. Fortunately, he was uh, deadheading a bus, uh, but he did get hurt. He broke his nose, and he hit a horse. And um, that's the kind of thing that people don't realize how serious it is when you uh, collide with an animal. If you do hit an animal uh, and there is damage, um, either to the animal or to the bus, you do need to report that. That is considered a collision. You need to call fleet or MRD as appropriate. You need to complete... Uh, C4s with your passengers and you need to complete a C2 as well because that is considered a collision if your coach strikes an animal. So, you know, be aware of that. If you see other vehicles in front of you and you see an animal, you need to slow down because those other vehicles may panic and not know what to do and we have to be prepared. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Uh, logs are a big issue in the summertime. Uh, there's increased enforcement on the road. Uh, we're driving more. We're working more. We have to watch our hours. So you want to make sure that you keep your log current to your last change of duty status. You don't want to log ahead. Uh, we see sometimes regular drivers I've seen where they actually log uh, before they drive. They'll be logging that they've driven, and you don't want to do that. Uh, and keep in mind that, you know, under certain circumstances, which should be very rare, you are permitted to drive over your 10 hours. And I don't want to go on to that too much because it's something that should be very, very rare. Um, but you can never under any circumstances, drive once you've reached your 15-hour limit for on-duty or your 70-hour limit in an eight-day period. You cannot drive under any circumstances over your 15 and your 70. I want to make sure that everybody understands that. And also keep in mind, for those of you that drive into Canada, that the rules are a little bit different on that side of the border. And if you do drive in those areas, I'm sure you know what they are. When you cross the border, you go into a different set of rules. And when you cross back into the United States, you go back into the U.S. rules that we're all familiar with. So keep that in mind. Um, a couple other things. Um, we're talking about uh, some of the safety bulletins that have come out. And I've just seen something on child safety seats on the buses. And we've seen this before. But because we have buses now with uh, seat belts where you can actually strap in a child safety seat, um, 
there's been a revised policy on that. And basically what it says is that if a customer wishes to use a child safety seat on the bus, the customer is responsible to make sure that the child safety seat is approved for use in a motor vehicle and is used in accordance with the manufacturer's instructions, that the safety seat is secured to the bus using the straps, webbing, belt, or harness approved by the manufacturer of the seat, that the child is secured properly in the seat with the lap and or shoulder belt or harness installed by the manufacturer of the bus if the bus is so equipped and that the seat space obviously should be purchased at the discounted fare. So if a child is going to occupy a seat obviously then they need to have a ticket. That's a separate issue but it's it comes up. Uh, you know if, if we're going to have a child in a safety seat that seat should be secured properly uh, by the parent. So that's important. Um, we also I uh, wanted to mention a couple other things here real quick. Um, slowing down in the terminals is really important. We see drivers go uh, too fast in some of these terminals and let me just give you a quick hint and it seems obvious if you're driving in the bus terminal and the jake brake goes on that means you're driving too fast that thing should not be activating we should be going no more than five miles an hour in the bus terminals we need to slow down um, because there's all kinds of activity there and going the difference between five and ten miles an hour can make a difference of fifteen or twenty feet of stopping distance and that can be the difference between making contact with a fixed object or even a person. So we want to make sure we slow down uh, in the bus terminals. Uh, I did want to mention um, that we saw a, an accident in Atlantic City uh, just on the 24th of June, uh, coming from New York's Chinatown, traveling to Atlantic City right at the end of the trip. And basically the gist of it is that the driver, according to the news report that I read, was traveling uh, too fast, approaching stop traffic, and found himself unable to stop. And he was uh, ejected from the vehicle, ejected from the bus through the windshield. The uh, bus continued to uh, move forward, uh, collided with stopped vehicles, veered onto the shoulder and came to the rest against the guardrail and a bridge. Uh, but in the, in the interim, the driver was actually run over by the bus. So that tells me he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. And that's, that's just a no-brainer for any driver, but certainly a professional Greyhound driver. We have got to wear our seatbelts at all times. Uh, we can't have excuses. And it's really important because you can't control your vehicle if you're uh, not properly secured, if you're going to get thrown out of the seat. And we've seen that happen in large vehicles. So keep that in mind. So um, I did want to kind of uh, summarize here. And we talked about um, the increase in volume of, of both uh, vehicles on the road and passengers and the rising temperatures, which can, which can cause uh, stress level to go up and tempers to flare, uh, road work and delays and detours. You know, be prepared for that. Uh, you need to slow down according to the conditions. Remember what Greyhound feels that when late, stay late. Please don't drive uh, looking at your watch. Drive according to the conditions, and you should always be driving the same way. Uh, you should always have a positive attitude uh, when you're out there, and that will help to keep you grounded and keep everything nice and in line. Um, I did want to remind you that the podcast is now available in iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe, and you can find uh, the link to that on my Facebook page which would be facebook.com slash Ronnie Grayer. You can send me email at Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, 13211 at gmail.com. And uh, I would be happy to send you the links. If you have any uh, feedback, questions, comments, criticism, please feel free to send me mail. I'd love to get some mail from you. Um, always remember that if you cannot do it safely, don't do it. I want to wish everybody a happy and a healthy summer, and we'll see you in August.